0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Awesome People. Hopefully, you're having a great Tuesday night, as always. Hopefully, you're staying healthy, you're staying indoors, you're using masks and gloves if you have to go outside. And if you are, it better be just for groceries or for something very, very, very serious. I really think that not enough people are following all the guidelines and instructions given. Please, ladies and gentlemen, this is a collective effort. So make sure that uh, you guys are abiding by it so we can get out of this quicker together. Now. Tonight, uh, the guest that I have is somebody uh, who I have a lot of respect for professionally and also has become a dear friend, and I appreciate him taking a few minutes out of his Tuesday evening to be with us with more than 25 years in sales, marketing, and management. My awesome guest tonight is considered the leading international expert on the business of weddings and events. He's a certified speaking professional, which is, if you didn't know, the highest earned designation conferred. By the national speaking association and one of only 36 global speaking fellows worldwide he's a featured presenter every year at major industry conferences in north america and internationally and is a contributing education guru for WeddingWire slash the nod he has presented in 14 countries probably by now more and is the author of books such as if your website was an employee would you fire it which i've read your attitude for success which i haven't yet shut up and sell more weddings and events why don't they call me that's what I say all the time to girls. <laughs> tips tips for converting wedding and event inquiries into sales and his latest book, which I remember right before it was being published, he was showing me the cover that his son made with wisdom and the business of weddings. Basically, if you're in the wedding industry, you know this man. And if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur that's not in the wedding and event industry, I promise you the words that this man will say tonight will help you out during this time. It's my pleasure to welcome you to Alan Berg. Alan, how Thank are you, Thank you.
1: Friend? I'm great, Iman. How are you? Cheers. Cheers, my friend.
0: Cheers to you. Yeah, he's also (laughs) a connoisseur of bourbon and whiskey, and he'll be able to educate you on everything and anything. Salute to you and salute to everybody who's watching. Salute. And and honestly, how fitting that it's salute. Uh, You know, health is such an important thing. How are you doing? How's your lovely wife? How's your family staying healthy?
1: Thank God, the whole family is uh, is safe. Uh, the 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 hardest thing is keeping my eighty nine year old dad in his in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Jersey too, right? You're no, in he's Jersey. in Florida. Oh, he's in, he's, we're in Florida. He's he's in, he's in Boca. Boca. Wait, wait, wait! wait we got to say it right. He's in Boca. <laughs> you got to go to Boca. You know, you're in Florida. You got to, you know, it's Boca. Yeah, yeah he's, he's 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 in Boca.
0: I'm, I'm in Miami, so if there's something that I can do from a closer distance, I got you, my friend. You Appreciate
1: know? it. My, si- my sister's down there in Fort Lauderdale, so she oh, gets okay. it. My brother-in-law. See, now, if you want some real New York deli, Iman. Okay. you got, you got it. My brother-in-law's got a deli called the Pomperdale Deli. It's on uh-huh. the Fort Lauderdale-Pompano Beach border. Okay. So right on commercial. Yeah. So you just get on 95, go up 95 to commercial, make 30, a right.
0: 35 minutes, yeah.
1: Right? You go up over there, you get real New York deli. So my dad goes once or twice a week. That's crazy. And since he's social distancing, he pulls the car up outside, <laughs> opens the window. They toss in a bag full of cold cuts. Oh things.
0: man, that sounds delicious! I would yeah. buy me some of that right now for sure. Well,
1: you're 35 minutes. I, you're haven't, 35.
0: I haven't had dinner yet, and with with this drink, that that goes uh, perfectly. You know? Yeah,
1: you might have to wait till in the morning, but uh, but you can get real. You want a real? <laughs> you want a real pastrami sandwich? You know where to get it now.
0: That's my man. <laughs> so so Alan, we'll definitely get into um, talking about business, but. Yeah. Uh, in general, I would love for you to just share with the audience, you know, how you even got into becoming really uh, the guru in, in sales and marketing, especially for the events and wedding industry. Well, you know, how, how, tell me about your passion, your interest and, yeah. and the road to doing this.
1: You know, it's funny. That's a great question. I remember my wife and I last year sitting, uh, we like to go to a restaurant and sit at the bar and have dinner. We like to talk to the bartenders. You know, it's just I miss we're... those days. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And you know, i was I was reminiscing at one point, just thinking and saying, kind of introspective, what makes anybody an expert, right? Like like what what makes you an expert on what you do? What makes me an expert on what I do because what how we became an expert was not from a university, right? It was not from high school experience. and uh, there's a great line that who said that education's purpose is to change an empty mind into an open one. Hmm. And it's you know that 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 thirst for learning that 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 hunger for more information and you know what is that so i started thinking back and i got into this industry because th- this was a really really thoughtful thing my best friend bought a wedding magazine <laughs> that's how it happened and wow. and he and he called me up and he said i i want a salesman i don't want a partner i, I want a salesman and i really want you to sell for me It was a straight commission job, so 1099, right? No salary, no draw, no minimum, no guarantee, no base, no anything like that. I had been in sales for about 10 years. And like many of us, I even say this on the about page on my website, my path was very circuitous, you know, how I got to that point. I went to college to be an accountant like my dad. I didn't like accounting, so I switched to marketing. I got a job with the largest ad agency in the country, but prior to getting that job when I graduated college, I was installing burglar alarms because I couldn't get a job in advertising, so I'm installing burglar alarms. Uh, when I was in college, I had been doing a little general contracting. I played in a rock and roll band when I had hair. And uh, <laughs> so you know, here I am. I played in a rock and roll band, did general contracting, installed burglar alarms. Then I worked for the largest ad agency in the country, hated that, went into retail, Went into selling cars. I was selling Chrysler Cars for six years. I was one of the top 50 Chrysler salesmen in the country. I was the national product information champion four years in a row. So I learned never, I learned sales never by sitting in a classroom. Mm. I learned sales by doing sales. Mm. I learned sales by just watching people and, and and that's right. That's wrong. You know, paying attention to you know, you know when you get a really good salesperson, you don't feel dirty, right? You you feel like you don't wow. feel like
0: you're being sold. You're being like educated, pretty much.
1: Right. At, at which the key and the, one of the things I teach now is you should never be selling anything. You should be helping people buy, mm-hmm. and what you help them buy is the results of what you do. Mm-hmm. So you don't sell event production, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a that's a thing right? You sell the results of that event production. So when that event goes off without a hitch and when they say, wow, that was so easy, you guys are so professional, our audience, our guests, or whatever had the fantastic time, we want to use you again. Yeah. That's what you sold, right? You didn't sell event production as is a, is a means to an end. It's not the end. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever told me that, right? I figured that out. Nobody ever told me that. So the title of one of my books, <clears throat> wait, where is it? Somewhere over my head here. I got to I'm going my my camera's backwards. So that one, that orange one there, it, yeah. it's, it's, you said it shut up and sell more weddings and events, which really is shut up and sell more anything. I just write for my industry. So, uh, one of the things I'm doing during this, you know, kind of virus, uh, home time is my wife who's my business partner is going through that book and finding every reference to any type of a business, seeing them, so I can make special editions. So shut up and sell more wedding catering, shut up and sell more wedding photography. Right? It right. could be shut up and sell more dog training, right? Because yeah. you know, it's the same, it's the same Concepts. thing, same things. Yeah. Thing. So <clears throat> I started selling wedding advertising and, oh, I, I forgot to mention that when I took that job, um, that straight commission job, that give back your company car job, give back your fully paid benefits job. My wife was pregnant. Oh, wow. Well. My older son was turning three and she so was no, not, no pressure, no pressure. No, no, no pressure. <laughs> uh, so for five years, I did that. I drove around New Jersey and the Hudson Valley in New York uh, in a Dodge Aries K car. So anybody who remembers the Dodge Aries K cars from the Lee Iacocca days, I was not high styling. There was no gangsta lean going on. Let's just say <laughs> that, right?
0: <laughs> Soprano, no?
1: <laughs> it, no, nothing like that. It, it, it was, it was like, like, almost like a cop car. I mean, basically, you know and i drove around but i was doing over 30,000 miles a year with no overnight travel i would just leave my house every day and do 40 miles come home and do it again the next day and again and i was selling wedding advertising in these magazines 5 years later my wife and i bought the two magazines the franchises and we published two wedding magazines we did that for another 5 years from our home we had two small kids we had an office in the home we had an office manager so I went from being a salesperson to being the boss and having three salespeople, and an office manager, and my wife was operations manager. And <clears throat> five years later, the franchisee said, franchisor said, we'd like you to come work for us. We'd like you to manage our sales team on the Northeast, which was 12 people from Boston to D.C. So we sold the franchises back and went to work for them. And four months later, they got bought by The Knot. So, for those of you who don't I'm know, familiar, yeah, yeah, they're not. So yeah. the knot. So, the knot, the knot.com anybody not familiar at the time and still now, probably the largest wedding website in the world. Uh, the knot and wedding wire have combined now. So, they're absolutely the largest. They're in 18 countries now. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, I went as a regional sales director there and then became a couple of years later vice president of sales. But all along, I became their speaker, and it really was one of these very simple things. I had been doing little workshops for my advertisers when I was publishing the magazines because the guy that owned them before, he was paying somebody to come and do these workshops, and I'd sit in the room and go, this guy's basically doing an infomercial for his marketing services, and you're paying him to come, mm-hmm. and I could do what he's doing because I know what, he, what he's saying. I know all this stuff, so I just started doing them, and in mind, it was really... Uh, self-serving because you know and i know that the event industry has made up a lot of small business mm. a lot of small businesses and really small <clears throat> really, yeah, really and, small. and if yeah. you think about how you got into the business or how other people got into the business the barrier to entry is incredibly low yeah right it's not like opening a restaurant where you need the infrastructure and the staff and all that kind of stuff you want to be a wedding planner you want to be a wedding photographer you want to be a dj right if i want to be a dj i can go to guitar center well Maybe not now. I'll go to Amazon, right? Or take my credit card, order the stuff. The stuff shows up. I have the DJ stuff. There's nothing to say that I'm not a DJ, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Other than my performance (laughs) or lack thereof. There's nothing to say that I'm not a DJ. So that's good good and bad. It allowed probably 70% of the people in the industry to get in. The bad is you can get in. That doesn't mean you're good at what you do. That doesn't mean you're professional. That doesn't mean you know how to run a business, and my problem as a publisher of wedding magazines was people going out of business because they didn't know how to run a business you know so i would teach them business so fast forward i'm now with the knot it was uh, april of april of 2000 the knot bought wedding pages and in june 2 months later there was a, an event in Par- central park in new york at the boathouse. Uh, the Association of Bridal Consultants had an event. Colin Cowie, if people are not familiar Colin Cowie did Seinfeld's wedding. He's an event planner big, you know, big time people, you know, million multi-million dollar weddings. He was speaking, uh, he was the keynote and then I was on a panel right before that with the publisher or the editor of Brides magazine and then there were people below. And my boss, the VP of Sales at the time when I first started there said, "You're going to do that." I was like, "All right." <laughs> okay sounded pretty cool. Go to. The that sounds pretty cool, and from that day forward, I was the main presenter when it came to, the, the knot, and yeah. again, the knot was a big deal. Still is a big deal, and if somebody had an event and wanted somebody from the knot to come and speak about business, that was me, and I wrote the content. And I, it, it, the funny thing is, I never, looked at myself as a speaker. That wasn't my identity right it's like we if somebody asks you what do you do right mm-hmm. what's your identity and the funny thing is if somebody asks me what I do is i'm a professional speaker but i make more of my money from sales training and consulting and things like that right but but the identity right so i started speaking and i started doing the content then i became vice president of sales and i was doing the sales training i was you know hiring and things like that so i was doing internal training external training and I did this you know, every year. And then 2007, I went up to Montreal for um, a group that's now called ILEA, the International Live Events Association, mm-hmm. which had the unfortunate, um, uh, unfortunately, their previous name was ISIS.
0: I'm glad they changed that.
1: <laughs> yes. But it, w- it was the International Special Events Society, but the acronym was ISES. So um, I went up to speak in Montreal, and it was, I, there was no trade show there was no table. There was no anything for us to do. And I said to the knot, why did you send me here? Because I can't sell, mm-hmm. you know, and they weren't paying me to come, you know, the knot was paying me to go. So why am I going? And they're like, well, we told them you're going to go. And I was <laughs> like, all right. So I, I kind of went kicking and screaming and you know, I was like, what am I doing? But it was going to be at the uh, Fairmont uh, in uh, Montreal. Have you been there? I've been to Montreal,
0: but I haven't been to the Fairmont. But so, Montreal is a beautiful city.
1: Yeah. So, so you've heard of a little group called the Beatles. Right? Remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was something and, special back in the day. And, minute, and yeah. there was this guy, John Lennon, you know, yeah, and his yeah. wife, Yoko De- Ono. Decent writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did, yeah. And John and Yoko did this love in, this bed in thing. Remember where they did the thing in the bed? Well, that was at the Fairmont, Queens, Queen Elizabeth.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Okay. And I found that out and I said to my wife, you know what? I'm going to be in Denver. How about I fly to Montreal? We lived in New York up in the Hudson Valley. It was about 300 miles straight up to get there. Our older son's best friends were going to McGill University in Montreal. And I said, why don't you see if one of the boys is home and he can drive up there with you? Okay. So she meets me at their beautiful hotel. And I go and I speak at this this thing. I'm still wondering why am I here, right? I get off stage and somebody said to me, Alan, that was a great speech. You're a great speaker. Are you a member of the National Speakers Association? And I said, Mm. well, what is that and why should I care? Because remember, my identity was Allenberg, Vice President of Sales. Mm -hmm. And he said, just look into it. So I go and look into it, and it's the largest association of professional speakers in the world. You have to be a professional to join. And I said, well, what what does it mean to be a professional speaker? Well, there's three different ways you can get in. By the number of paid speeches, by the amount of money you make, or if you do as part of your salaried position – If you speak to, it was either 20 times a year to groups of 12 or more or 12 times a year to groups of 20 or more, one of the two, either way I qualified. And Mm -hmm. I looked at that and that was the moment. That was the moment in September of 2007, where I realized I was a professional speaker.
0: That's where it all began or that's how, that's where it clicked almost.
1: That was the label, right? That was the label. Now what changed is when I realized I was a professional speaker, I said, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a professional? Where is the? Tr- well, I went to my first conference and found out where it was. It was in the association. And I like to say I was in New Orleans in, in the fall of 2007. Because <laughs> I, I, re- I was around people who understood what it was like to put in 20, 30, 40 hours to craft a speech. Right. Right. You know, and I know that if you do an event, let's say you put on an event, and that event's going to happen for seven hours. You spent a hundred hours to make that happen, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody saw it. Nobody sees it. Just like everybody listening has walked into a restaurant at some time in their life and sat down at a table. The table was set. The table had a linen. It had a plate. The table had a knife and a fork and a spoon and a glass and a water glass and a wine glass and a salt and pepper. And you gave no thought to how that happened. None. Zero. Zero. Just like they walk into an event and you have 1,500 seats theater style. They didn't give any thought to who put the chair there. It was supposed to be there. And that's the business that we're in. Hmm. We're in the business of results. We're not in the business of the how, right? They assume you know the how. That's why they hired you. But the guests don't think about it. The guests go to a wedding. Nobody goes to a wedding and says, oh, I wonder who put this linen out.
0: (laughs) Those are the expectations, yeah.
1: Right. Because there's a bar and the bar, the bar was set that is going to be a linen because of course there's going to be a linen. We notice when it's wrong. We don't get credit for doing it right. This is important in life. Nobody gives you credit in life for getting it right. Yeah. Nobody will walk into your venue, let's say of a venue and go, wow, you know, every light bulb in here works.
0: <laughs> you, you know, you know, Alan was very interesting. I've, I've heard you speak many, many years. I, 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 I hired you like seven years ago to, to review the website. I had you come and have like in person, I don't know what yep. it's called mastermind for just my team. Yeah. And then we had, you know, so what, what always intrigued me about you is that you know exactly what to say to really relate to people in the events industry, but you yourself haven't actually been like a business owner in the event but like you've, I guess, seen the challenges, the tribulations and trials and, and all the stuff where, you're like truly one of us. And you're not just yep. one of us, you're like the leader in one of us. You know, like when you t- when you talk about this, it's like, first of all, it saddens me so much about the how, how our events industry and wedding industry has been, uh, you know, reaching a halt, which I understand yep. a lot of industries, but such a joyous, jubilant, happy uh, industry has been completely shut down. And the people who were responsible for all that have also been shut down. I mean, like, right. The impact that this has had on our industry the events and wedding industry and like i almost want to give my condolences to like hundreds yeah. of thousands of people <laughs> in the events and wedding industry and i myself am victim to it you know i mean sure. exclusively entertainment is in a complete comatose right. um, but i'm just fortunate the fact that i started a couple of other businesses night and unite united conquer and i can do this kind of stuff so right. like i think maybe i'm just kind of fooling myself and saying oh well i'm busy like i I'm keeping myself busy, but the reality is, EE e. is in a comatose. Right. Will the wedding industry survive? <laughs> is what everybody wants to know, my friend.
1: Yeah, the wedding industry will survive. Certain businesses within it will not. Right, that that is a fact. Right. Yeah. It's a sad fact, but it's a fact. And the one thing you know about me is, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I'll try to say it nicely if I can, but I'm going to tell you what you need to hear because you can't take action unless you hear what you need to hear, right? So we're not going to talk about what's going on in politics because we're not hearing what we need to hear. Well, actually, in New York, you listen to the New York governor. He's telling you what Cuomo. you need to hear.
0: Yeah, Cuomo keeps it real.
1: <laughs> yeah, now, I, and I grew up in Queens in New York. One of my best friends from middle school through high school, and even now is still friendly with him, uh, lived probably four blocks away from the Cuomos. Because his father, right, Mario, was the governor. Also, he was a senator. Then he was, he was a governor, then a senator. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I first of all, I knew Chris. Cu- I like Chris Cuomo. I feel like yeah. he's always trying his best to be real. Who's guy.
1: infected, by the way?
0: I know. I hope he's recovering. Yeah. Okay, I've yeah. been, I've been following that. But then I found out that his brother is a governor. But now you're telling me that his father, that the his Cuomo father was family-
1: there was senator. Was senator and governor. Well, anyway, he was. But again, he was in politics the, yeah. the, the, the whole time over there. So
0: yeah. So tell so, us.
1: So, so here's the thing with the wedding industry. The wedding industry will survive. Because love is going to survive. Because this is the interesting thing about the wedding industry. There's no law that says you need to throw a party. Mm. There is a law that says you need a license and someone who can legally perform that ceremony. Period. Right? You might need two witnesses or something like that. That is the law. And every state, every municipality has that law. There is no law that says you need to spend in this country 50 to $60 billion a year. (laughs) Mm. on parties. So why do people do it? People do it because nobody this is this is me. This is what I'm saying. Nobody goes into their wedding thinking it's going to be practice for the next time. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? You think about it. Yeah, right? No, yeah, no, course, no right. nobody says, "Hey so Aman, thanks for coming to the wedding. Uh, you know, it was really great, but you should see the next one." <laughs> right? Now Half the people might be proven wrong at some point, but nobody, nobody's going into it thinking, you know what, this is going to go down in flames. Now, some of the guests might be thinking it like, Oh, you know, that's not going to work. That's a different story. Right. My, I told you my mom passed last year, my mom and dad one month before it would have been 65 years married. Hmm. That is what you're hoping for when you say I do. Yeah. So what you do is, and I try to tell people, anybody I know that's getting married, I, I, I if they ask my opinion, I will tell them, remember, there's two things happen that day. The first, the most important thing that's happening that day is you are getting married. You and your love are getting married. You're vowing your love to one another. And that is what is going to endure. You are then inviting the people that you want to celebrate with the fact that you got married for the let's say for the last time, it could be the first time, maybe not, but let's say for the last time, Yeah. you want to sell Who do you want to celebrate that with? Those are the people you invite and you throw a party and you throw a party because you're theoretically never going to do this again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right.
1: Right. Not, ide- not ba- ide-
0: ideally and theoretically. <laughs> right.
1: Right. You know, and I'm not talking about vow renewals, you know, which I, I, I'm this way or that way. My, my sister right around their 10th anniversary called me up and you know, it's just she and I, she's my older sister by like two and a half years. And being the younger brother, a little bit of a wise guy sometimes, she said, oh, we're going to renew our vows. And I said, I didn't know they expired. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. Anyway, so, but, you know, th- that's the thing. And, you know, my, again, my parents, almost 65 years, my uh, my wife and I, let's see, it's uh, in May. Where, where Where are we now? You don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. Um, April, it, 7th. April 7th. Yeah, it's going to be in May, May 22nd, be 37 years.
0: Wow, congratulations. On right?
1: Band. I mean, that's what you hope for. Knocking and that's on, be-
0: knocking on wood here. Knocking says. on
1: wood. And, and that's because I, I always say that, you know, we don't believe in divorce, we believe in murder. <laughs> <laughs> and if she wants me gone, You'll never see me again. It's not out of the house, gone. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm self-employed, so she needs me around to make money. So it's good. <laughs> it's, good. it's good. No, we're we're, we're we're good. We are the couple married this long that well. Before this, when you're walking through the grocery store, we're holding hands. You know, I love that's it, man. that's who we.
0: Are. I love it. God bless. So, you.
1: Yeah. So you know the the thing with the wedding industry is it will survive. What's going to be different initially? All right, and this is the biggest problem that we all have right now. I was interviewed by somebody from NPR, you know, National Public Radio, mm-hmm. uh, last week and I've been in the industry almost 30 years and she said, "So, what's the closest parallel?" I said there is none. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that we can compare this to because I've been through recessions, housing crisis, uh, 9-11, 9/11, you go. There. So I was vice president of sales at The Knot when 9/11 hit. And 2 days after 2 days after 9/11, the traffic on The Knot was back to what it was the day before. Mm-hmm two days. Right now, traffic on the knot is down. It's not zero. I don't know what the number is. I'm guessing it's half, maybe 50%, 60%, somewhere around there. The number of inquiries is down lower only because people feel a little guilty right now. Planning their wedding with what's going on, some uncertainty, but they're still researching. Mm-hmm. People are still getting inquiries. I'm sure your entertainment company well, they're, is still. Well, getting...
0: they're, they're sitting at home with a lot of time on their hands. The ones who were planning getting married in 2021, they're doing it. But sorry to cut you off, by the way, but mm. just to kind of give a little correlation. Give me a chance for this. Like right now, <laughs> right now in the month of April, exclusively entertainment probably would get five to 10 inquiries a day. We've had about 10 inquiries in the past three weeks. Okay. So, I mean, but, so it's definitely less and, and, and I'm, but it's I'm not, not zero, at, No, I, but it's, exactly. but so, it's so not it's zero. Coming, and yeah, exactly. So, but I'm just saying like, I'm keep on going, but I agree with yeah, you.
1: Well, right? And that's the point is it's not zero because there are some people that have their blinders on and say, listen, it's 2021. Uh, and maybe these are people that didn't lose their job. Maybe these are people, you know, again, they still have their salary. They yeah. still have whatever. You know, like my my older son's in San Francisco. You know, he's he's working. He's in finance. He's working. Mm-hmm. He's working from home, but he hasn't felt a financial pinch. Mm-hmm. The pinch that he feels is he's he's in a 550 square foot apartment, and that's work and home now. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the pinch that he feels. Uh, my 89 year old dad was giving him the business. He said, "You listen, I'm not allowed to go out. I only have 2,400 square feet to walk around in Boca." <sighs> and my son's like this is it. (laughs) This is it. Here's the tour. Here's the tour. that You saw it. There it is. 550. There we go. So the people that are inquiring now, they're interested in talking about their wedding. And what I'm telling people is if they don't bring up the virus and all this stuff, don't bring it up. Mm -hmm. You bring it up to your current customers. You be proactive in reaching out to your current customers. So the, the biggest challenge that we have now and, and there's so many different challenges is the uncertainty right if there was a hurricane if there was a flood if there was an earthquake if there was a tornado if there was a tsunami if there was a right we can come goes. yeah there's a there's an end yeah and the end is relatively quickly right let' we'll go to California with the wildfires right there's mm-hmm. terrible stuff they're wildfires but it either is localized and it affects those people the most right or it's a bigger area, but we see the end, right? So when you see the hurricane coming up the East coast and it hits Florida and it hits Georgia, it hits South Carolina, right? You see that, but then it's over and then you start rebuilding and you're in that rebuilding phase. And the problem is we don't know when we're in the rebuilding phase. Yeah. You also can't tell your guests, Hey, wedding's on for next week because they have to prepare. They have to be able to get there. They have to be yeah. able to do that kind of stuff. Cause so everybody's there,
0: impacted every, <clears throat> every component of this wedding, the vendor, and, the venue, the bride, right. the guests, everybody.
1: Right. And they're affected in different ways, affected by their ability to travel, affected by their financial, right? Affected yeah. with with health. And this is not here. This is worldwide. Yeah. So I, I've been doing these, uh, you know, I, I have a call tomorrow night. I'm doing two training calls with a group in Australia. I have to do it at 9 and 10 at night because it's tomorrow morning there. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little weird. Um, and then today I'm speaking to somebody in the UK. And then yesterday I had a call with somebody in Dubai, right? This is everywhere. This is everywhere, and that's what makes it unprecedented. The, the thing with human nature uh, is, if you watch the news, if they talk about and they've said it, you we've seen where a hundred thousand people died in India, right, from something. Yeah, but you can't grasp what that means. You you can't, as a, as a human being, you can't grasp what that means. So then, what they do is they go and they show you this is a kid who lost their mother, their father, their grandmother, their grandfather, and now you feel empathy. Now you feel empathy because you can empathize with that kid, that one person. The problem now is nobody wants to empathize with you because they're going through their sa- their own crap. <laughs> That's true, right? That's what it is. And what you know, there's kind of a plan B in some of these circumstances, right? You, you get downsized in your job, which is what happened to me in in two thousand eleven. I got downsized, so I started my business. A few things are going to happen. Recession's are some of the time when the most businesses are started and most businesses that are started in this country are started small businesses very very small businesses
0: FYI exclusive entertainment <laughs> we started april 2009 in a recession there you but, go but go ahead
1: yeah <laughs> right, and and why the reason why is people lose their jobs people have uncertainty people see the opportunities it's a time to do it you feel you have less to lose because you're you're in a lose lose situation yeah you know in my case it was I was thinking in a year or two that I would do it. And then my employer had a different idea for me. So, so I did. And because I have the fortune of my expertise is in business. Mm -hmm. I literally, this is what happened. I walked outside of the office and I had just handed back my platinum American Express card and my keys. And I said to my wife, if I can't look in the mirror and tell that guy how to start and run a successful business, then nobody should hire me to help them with theirs. So just treat yourself like a customer. You know, what would I do if you called me and your resume was my resume? Yeah. What would I say? And that's what I've done. Um, and, and a phrase, I actually used it today with a friend of mine because, you know, sent me, you know, hang in there type thing. I said, I try to make my business obsolete with my next thing before somebody does it for me.
0: One step ahead.
1: <laughs> right. That's innovation. Right. That's <laughs> what innovation is. Yeah. Um, like somebody yesterday on Facebook was talking about how their likes were going down. This DJ was talking about how his likes were going down, which is usually a really bad sign Mm -hmm. because when's the last time you unliked something, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) right? Like what did they do to piss you off that you unliked something, right? Yeah. And I said, you know, the number of likes, the number of, you know, people following you or whatever is a historical figure. It's what has happened in the past you want to get a new audience right especially if you're in the wedding or event industry if you're in the wedding industry and you're a wedding dj which this guy is you're a wedding dj why should your couples from 2 years ago still be following your social media yeah there, there, there's no interest there now a couple of them might because they liked you and they're doing interesting things but i said so unliking means he thought that's you know why are they unliking him i said well they're either not interested in what you're posting, which is probably the case. And they're looking and going, you know what? This guy's showing up on my feed too much. I don't care. Unlike, or they're not liking what you're posting and they are a good audience for you. And you're not providing value to them. I said, if it's the first case, it's like I, you get email, I get emails and sometimes you, you subscribe to stuff and then you're getting stuff. And you're like, you know what? I'm not really reading this and you unsubscribe. I used to really get upset when I first started and I'd look at my email list and see my unsubscribes. And then I realized, wait a minute. I unsubscribe. So if you're not interested, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe. I'd rather have a smaller list of engaged people exactly. than a bigger list fooling me. So I use Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you use, but Mailchimp scores your list. Mm-hmm. So of my 17,000 people on my email list, about 3 or 4,000 are my most active readers. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is they may not be my best prospects because they're consuming free content. Mm-hmm. So how do I know that they'll pay for content? Because they consume the free. Some people will consume everything free you do right. will never pay you a dime. <laughs> so That's it's, that's, it,
0: that's interesting how MailChimp actually provides that kind of information and breaks it down for you like that. Um, yeah, well, what it's looking at,
1: it's looking at the engagement. So first thing it's looking at is open rate. And if they don't through. open the emails, the, nothing else is going to happen, and then they'll look at clicks and things like that. Yeah. So um, when I send out an article, because I write, uh, you're probably on my list. I send yeah, a free course. article out every month, and it's a twelve to fourteen hundred word article. It's I call it it's called the blog, but it's you know it, it's just an article. It's a, for me a stream oh, of consciousness. I love it.
0: Every, I, I'm telling, I'm, and I'm not just saying this. And I hope whoever is watching, if they're not part of your list, especially the events wedding industry, I hope they sign up for it. I genuinely look forward to your emails. There's no way that I would ever delete your email because there's substance in there. I mean like that it was, it was actually the catalyst of me wanting to make sure that I have this call right here is because I was like, man, this is valuable information. I have so many friends and colleagues in the events and wedding industry that right now are struggling. And here's an opportunity. Let me call up my friend Alan and let let him share his thoughts and his opinion and, and advice. And, um, I want to go on a little commercial break, but I want to make sure that when we come back, I want you to answer, the one thing that every event and wedding professional should do right now while they're going through this to help their business. So think about it. We'll go okay. for a little commercial break and we'll come back with Alan Berg very shortly. Thanks for sticking around.
1: Okay. <laughs> Need
0: some space? Introducing the Space Stick. Perfectly crafted to keep you exactly six feet away from others. Your order will also include the body grip to free up your hands to enjoy that O.J. Order now for Jazz 999. All jokes aside, now more than ever, you need to be mindful of your health, look out for your loved ones, and take social distancing seriously like we are right now. With your free time, we encourage you to invest in yourself personally and professionally. And that's what we're here for. As experienced business, branding, and video content specialists, We want to help you create a strong foundation to withstand the storm. And since we're all in this together, we want to offer you a free coaching session. We would love to help everyone, but unfortunately
1: with limited bandwidth, we're only able to select a few businesses. So click on the link below and in our bio for more information and to apply now.
0: Let's unite and conquer. Conquer.
1: So I did a Spanglish Instagram live.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. You speak fluent Spanish, basically. all right ladies and gentlemen we're back thank you so much for watching awesome people i am with an awesome human being it's allen berg not just an incredible professional but just a great person to enjoy a, a whiskey or a bourbon i know i'm cheating i have some ice but once again Your, cheers to you and cheers yours to- is
1: diluting i you know i'm just uh, i'm just saying I'm,
0: I, I just <laughs> I, I i can't do it i'm a wussy let I say um, i'll teach you i'll so teach be- you before we went on a break uh you know, especially like I'm, I'm I'm, really looking out for all my fellow event pros uh, who are going through a really, really tough time. What is one or two things that they can really implement right now to just stay above water, stay active, be proactive? The stage is yours.
1: I'll give you a few things. Uh, first is I actually did a webinar a couple of weeks ago called 10 proactive things you can do now to lean in. These are positive things, things that you can do.
0: Allenberg.com. If- Forward slash resources, I believe. Right,
1: right. Okay. If you or just if you're on the homepage, there's a resources tab, or there's a link right there. But Allenberg, A-L-A-N-B-E-R-G dot com slash resources. Mm-hmm. Again, whether you're in the industry or not, I think this could, you know, help you there. So a couple of things. Personal things, professional things. For on a professional level, you should be reaching out proactively to every one of your clients. Certainly you've already spoken to the April's, you've probably spoken to the Mays. If you haven't spoken to the June's and the July's and the August's. Now, if you're not the venue, so if you're not at the top of the food chain, literally and figuratively, (laughs) you want to make sure if that couple reschedules that you're going to be available. Mm -hmm. If they reschedule and they pick a Saturday in the fall, there's a good chance you're not available. So you reach out to them. The first thing is people do business with people. They don't do business with companies. You reach out to them. And the first question is, how are you guys doing? Right? How you doing? How are you feeling? I was thinking about you, thinking about your wedding, and I just how are you guys doing? Right? <clears throat> Have you thought about what you're going to do in terms of rescheduling? Find out if they had the conversation with the venue yet. Find out the dates they're considering. I'm telling venues that you need to proactively reach out, and you don't ever ask the couple. So what do you want to do? You say to the couple, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you rescheduled." And then we're going to give you a plan B date so we don't have to go through the calendar again because you and every other couple that's trying to reschedule is fighting for those same dates. Right. We're going to get you rescheduled and we're probably going to put you on a Monday or a Thursday. And the reason we're going to put you on a Monday or a Thursday is because if you want to move your whole team and not have to go through the selection process again for every single category that you have, you pick a Monday or a Thursday, there's a really good chance they're available. Mm-hmm. And let me give you a secret, a couple of secrets. When you get married, you're going to have a wonderful photographer, and that photographer is going to take beautiful pictures, and you're going to have a picture on your phone, gorgeous picture, and anytime somebody asks about the wedding, you're going to go, hey, let me show you the wedding, and no one is ever going to ask you what day of the week it was.
0: <laughs> the food tastes the same on Mondays, but you had in your email. <laughs> the
1: dancing is exactly the same on Thursday. The guests will have the same food on Tuesday. The pictures will look exactly the same on Wednesday. And your guests will understand that you had to move to a different date, and they'll understand that it's not on a Saturday. And they, who want to come and celebrate your marriage, will come, right? Now, being realistic, I, I should, I'm I telling the caterers, you should expect lower guest counts. People that can't travel, don't want to travel, things like that, you should expect some lower guest counts. The photographer doesn't charge any different based on guest count, the DJ doesn't charge any different. The band doesn't charge any different. The florist, yeah, maybe some less tables or something like that, but not significantly less, right? Yeah. So you should expect some difference, but I'd rather have 70% than zero, right? When it comes to that, if I was the caterer or or something like that. So you wanna proactively reach out because you wanna be part of the solution. You don't wanna be waiting for them to call and say, oh, so Iman, listen, we moved the date and it's now gonna be Saturday, November, whatever. And you're like, I'm booked. Yeah, that's it. I'm booked. Right. So proactively reach out on a personal level. You want to do something that you once used to say, yeah, I would do that, but I don't have the time. Right. We've all said that every one of us has said, I don't have the time. Matter of fact, I wrote about it in which hand Mm -hmm. that hand there, that, that book, the red book there is called your attitude for success. Yeah. I don't have the time there's something that I heard and I, I, I wish I could give the credit to it was, but it's it's a place called Someday Isle. It's this it's this beautiful place called Someday Isle. You know the place, Iman someday I'll write a book, someday I'll <laughs> learn a new language, someday I'll go skiing, right? You know the place, I was like, right?
0: I was thinking, I was like, is that eastern Florida, or Southern Florida? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Caribbean. It's in the Caribbean. But but we we've, we've all been to Someday Isle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I learned a long time ago, partly because of some health issues that I went through and came through and, and I'm way past and that's yeah. great. But you know, I started Taekwondo when I was 39. I didn't have the time. And my wife finally convinced me, why don't you just sign up and go once or twice and see if you like it? And I did. And I liked it and I didn't have the time, but I went and I went once a week and I liked it because you know, when you get the hit and kick and break things and <laughs> it's, it's allowed, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. <clears throat> And I was getting in shape. I mean, shaped like I'd never been in. And I ended up going twice a week. And then I went three times a week. And something I didn't have the time to do, I went three times a week for almost eight years. Right? And that'll and get I,
0: you a black belt.
1: Uh, that'll get you a second degree that's hanging on the wall over here. Maybe, I, Right?
0: Yeah.
1: So that I didn't have time to do that. I, I didn't have time to learn a new language. And in 2013, I was in Mexico and I had this epiphany. I was, said, why is it that, I come to, somebody from Mexico comes to the U S or somebody from Iran comes to the U S or somebody from France comes to the U S and we expect you to speak English. Mm -hmm. And then we go to your country and we expect you to speak to us in English. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's why we're arrogant Americans, right? That's what we are. So here I was in Mexico and I had, you know, a little bit of Spanish in elementary school and a little bit of Spanish in, in college. And I didn't know anything because, you know, Maria put the pencil on the table is not very useful in the real world, right? <laughs> you have to know Maria and have a pencil, right? So, so I said, you know what? I, I would like to be able to come to Mexico and to be able to say, hi, my name is Alan. Nice to meet you. You know, how are you? Tell me about your family, right? Something like that. And I said, well, I don't have the time, right? So I said, well, I've heard about Rosetta Stone. I keep seeing Rosetta Stone commercials, Rosetta mm-hmm. Stone. So I look it up and it's like $450. I'm like, eh. do I want to know Spanish that bad, right? So <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And this is what we all do, right? We look at the money, not the results. So I didn't do it. And then my wife, Groupon, was just becoming more of a thing. And my wife gets on Groupon and all of a sudden one day, guess what? Rosetta Stone. 50 off. <laughs> $250, something like that. It's like, yeah, oh, there's a sign, all right? Here's a <laughs> sign. I right, buy it. So I buy it. And right over there, I have a bookshelf and I bought it and I got the box and I put it on the bookshelf. And do you know, you don't learn any Spanish if it's in the box. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> so then a couple of months go by and I put it on the computer And I start going and then I end up in Mexico like a month or two later. And I'm like, man, I should have done this like, you know, six months ago. So when do I have the time to to do it? I don't want to sit in front of a computer again because with Rosetta Stone, you have to write, read, speak and understand. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at my treadmill going, you know what? You know, those little rubber pads you put on your dashboard so your phone doesn't slide. Yeah, I got two of them and I put them on my treadmill and I put my laptop there because you have to wear a headset. You have to listen. You have to speak. You have to type. And I figured I could get to about 3.6, maybe 3.8 miles an hour, still walking, and I could still type. Not really well, but I could still type. And I ended up doing all four levels of Rosetta Stone on my treadmill because I'm on the treadmill anyway. So it's a choice. This is important. It's a choice what to do with our time. Like, this is a choice, what you're doing. This is a choice, me being on. This is a choice of time. My wife's sitting in the next room watching TV. I was there before, I will be there after. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a choice what to do with our time. So I chose, instead of watching TV, I chose to do Rosetta Stone and I did it. And then I get down to Mexico. So I'm about a year into Rosetta Stone and So uh, she's Cuban descent, big surprise in Miami, right? (laughs) And we go to lunch at a Cuban restaurant, little hole in the wall, beautiful. And I'm trying to speak Spanish to her and her her people. And and it's funny. She looks at me, she goes, you know, you're doing really well, but you have a Mexican accent. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what my thought was? I have an accent. That's
0: great. Yeah, (laughs) That's that's an accomplishment. right (laughs) That's
1: an accomplishment. So fast forward. And I'm not gonna go through the whole the whole story on it because we'll be here longer, but you know, as of right now, uh, He presentado en cinco países in español, I've presented in five countries in Spanish. Bueno.
0: Sí. And
1: and in um June, I just got invited. It's a charity for a women's cancer center in um, Colombia. And I'm gonna be doing a remote presentation in Spanish to, to help them, you know, raising money. So, you know, crazy. And now I'm, I'm presenting in, in English in Paris in October. Fingers crossed that that gets to happen. So uh, sitting here on my phone now, and as I was out walking today for a beautiful day, I'm doing French lessons.
0: Oh, now you, now you transition to French too. Spanish yeah. wasn't enough.
1: <clears throat> and and you know it. why? I think in life we have a choice of why or why not, mm-hmm. right? Why should I do that or why not? And we don't know what we're capable of. None of us, not one of us listening knows what we're capable of until we try. And that was a lesson very much of what I I, I believe now I learned from Taekwondo and not about kicking and punching and hitting. When I went to Taekwondo, they said it was training your mind. And I didn't understand what that meant until later. And I asked the master, I said, well, you know, what does that mean? He said, well, you'll understand. I said, when? He said, when you're ready. You know, it was like that TV show, um, (laughs) uh, uh, Kung Fu, the TV show Kung Fu back in the day, grasshopper. Yes, grasshopper. Right, right, right. right. And then one day you realize that and you realize that the mental training, the mental strength, uh, give you an example, the master would hold up a board and we've never seen it held this way to break this way, whatever it was. And he'd say, who can do this? Who can break this board this way? We've never seen it done. He didn't even show us how to do it. He just said, did the setup. And half the class would go, all right, I'll try. And half the class would go, I can't do that. Well, how do you know? You've never tried it. Yeah, I can't do that. That was the mental training. Mm. The half of us that would try would find out if we could do it or not. The other half wouldn't even try. Therefore, they were mentally weak. That was the thing. I mean, and,
0: I, 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 I appreciate Go ahead. Finish your thought real
1: quick. And, and I, I bring that through to other things in my life. So yeah, go ahead. I mean, me I just, I just, I
0: just, yeah, I just appreciate, I was going to say I appreciate your thirst for knowledge and then now appreciate your thirst for bourbon too. Uh, but I mean, these, these are the people that continue to push the envelope and they try to do more and more things. And it starts with a desire, with a passion and a willingness to want to expand your horizon, expand your a
1: curiosity. Your,
0: a curiosity It's a beautiful thing,
1: right? It, it's, I remember as a younger man, as a as a kid, as a teenager. You know, I'd be the wallflower, standing there at a dance, tapping my foot. You know, it didn't help that I was the second shortest kid in the class. You know, that, that, that didn't help. <laughs> so, and, and believe it or not, I was a very shy child. So, you know, there you go. I know that's hard to believe. You,
0: you, but, you sure broke out of your show. <laughs> oh, that shell! That shell is
1: never getting put back together again. Uh, and a funny little factoid: very many professional speakers are introverts. Very yeah, many. They get off the stage yeah, and they're really introverts. Is. So I force myself, I push myself and you know, I'd be tapping my foot fast forward. I was at the knot. We had a holiday party and I'm out dancing on the dance floor.
0: All right. So, you know, when, when you're having three, 4 billion people on, uh, you know, <laughs> online crashes happen, sorry for the little interruption, but this is the beauty of life, you know, and, that is. Um, What what I really want to do right now, Alan, is do a little rapid fire, have a little bit of fun. You know, you've been been helping everybody out, but I want to have a little fun with you right now. Okay. Um, We're going to go with an easy question, I think, and that is your favorite bourbon.
1: Gosh, my current selection is over 20 on my cart. That's 20 different bottles here. (laughs) Um, But if I had to get rid of all of them, I'd probably keep the Blantons.
0: Blanton's, Let Blanton's, B
1: L A N T O N S. Okay, Blant- okay. Um, or the Angel's Envy, another I love the one. Name. Yeah, Angel's Envy is finished in port wine barrels. It's a beautiful. It, matter of fact, if you're going to start drinking neat, uh huh. All right, we'll like start, a re- like a real uh, man.
0: After you call <laughs> me out, yeah,
1: I will definitely do neat. Do the Angel's Envy neat? It's a lighter one. It's finished in port wine. It's got a beautiful lightness to it. It's sweet. Yeah, so uh, that, but, but if you watch my Instagram feed, you'll see every day I'm having a different bourbon. Yeah. My my wife will pour, and then I have to guess what it is. And what I started doing is I put a rubber band on the neck of each bottle, so that she knows not to do that one again until <laughs> we get through the whole rotation. But <laughs> it's like, going to be twenty one like or twenty one or twenty two in the I A like, list, the B wife- list. Yeah, the B list actually goes underneath the kitchen counter, and when she marinates, like tonight we made steak, she'll throw in bourbon an hour before she's going to put it to cook. Yeah. And it tenderizes it and caramelizes oh, a little bit. Man. I haven't had thing.
0: dinner yet, man. All this talk about Sorry. food, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what, is, what is the maximum number of spritzes of cologne before it's too much?
1: So depending upon the cologne, cause I'm a little stronger, I'm generally a two to three guy, mm-hmm. right? I'm a two to three guy. I don't want the cologne entering the room before I do.
0: <laughs> Basically, what most Persian
1: men do, unfortunately, So
0: <laughs> this was more PSA for, for PSA. Persians. Yeah,
1: I have a friend. I don't <laughs> think Persian, but I have a friend <laughs> who clearly uses a half a bottle. Oh, so, so funny story. You know the Axe body spray? Yeah, of course. Right? So Axe came out right around the time. What when my,
0: happened to them? Actually, they used to be very I, popular.
1: They were, yeah. So yeah. in, in yeah. it was what in then in two thousand six, seven, something like that. So yeah. my yeah. older son, when he was graduating high school, Axe was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And he's getting ready for the prom, and sets off the smoke detector in his room because he used so much Axe body spray.
0: Oh my Again. goodness! Wait,
1: Lord. gets better. Three years later, when his younger brother's getting ready for his prom, does the same thing.
0: <laughs> that's a problem. That's for sure. I, I I didn't know that that could be a problem, but that's definitely a problem. It was not a.
1: We told him it's not a single serve can, right? It's not like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's uh? What's your middle name, Alan? Samuel. Samuel, all right. Cool. Samuel, so obviously you've been on stages all around the world, which has its perks—you get to travel and all that mm-hmm. stuff. What's your most embarrassing stage moment that you'd like to share? The embarrassing.
1: <laughs> yeah, Think for a second. Embarrassing stage moment. I thought you asked me my favorite stage. That's an easier one. I can tell that one. Well, let's that. let's
0: do that one. Maybe the <clears throat> maybe the embarrassing one comes to mind. Too. So okay. Let's go with favorite.
1: Favorite one is um, in uh, 2018, I spoke in Cartagena, Colombia. I Uh did two presentations in Spanish in the Teatro uh, Alfred Herrera, which is an old opera house. And it is, I mean, just imagine, like it's like La Scala. It it looks like an Italian opera house. It's fully restored. Stand on that stage. You feel just the people that were there before. And I did two presentations in Spanish. It was just a... It was it was an incredible experience, awesome. embarrassing stage moment. Um, gosh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm I I kind of go with the flow. You know, I've had projectors break, I've had microphones not go out. I I was getting on stage one time with a thousand people in the room, and they said, "Listen, don't go past the right side of the stage and use the clicker because it's not going to work." They're telling me this as I'm walking. <laughs> on the, the, and you do that? <laughs> well, of course, because you're <laughs> I, I like to walk the stage there. Uh, um, oh, I tell you, I I got it. I I was doing a presentation about breaking outside your comfort zone. We were just Mm -hmm. talking about this before I broke out and and that was it. So I had this elaborate thing planned. I had a blanket made and on the blanket, I had printed a picture of an egg with someone breaking out of the egg and it says, break out of your comfort zone. And I'm going to walk on stage wrapped in this blanket and just walk on stage wrapped in the blanket and turn around and have them see it and hold it up and then talk about comfort zone. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to, I'm going to raffle it off. I'm going to give it away to somebody (laughs) and I'm backstage. I'm getting ready. I'm talking to some people and the introduction comes and I go and I get on stage and I forgot the blanket. So the blanket (laughs) is off stage and this is at wedding MBA in Las Vegas. So you know, 1500 people in the room and I'm on stage and I'm starting to talk and I realize that I don't have the, Freaking blanket! <laughs> so I said, you know how, you, you know how when you were a kid, you, you had some people called it a whoopee some people had it, whatever. I said, I said, hang on a second. I kept talking as I walked back, Improvised. backstage. Yeah. Went backstage. I got the blanket. I came back on, and then I <laughs> and then I did it. But I'm standing on stage in front of fifteen hundred people, realizing that. And I, remember what the thought that went into this, right? I had to come up with it, design it, order it, right? Have the whole thing. I planned and the blanket is backstage
0: <laughs> like a, like a, like a true pro you were able to wing it properly that's it um alan i i, I generally that um if there is any event wedding pros uh, out there that haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you that they get to know you so that um they can hopefully turn to you for more and more help in the future i know you do a lot of website reviews what are other things that you're able to do right now to help our event pros Feel free to you know share that information with them right now.
1: I appreciate that. So you know because I don't travel now, I can't travel and do on-site training. I do yeah. remote training, so I do you know training through Zoom, training through uh, Join Me. I do remote consultations, uh, website reviews. Uh, I have my my books. So if you uh, go to my website allenberg.com, if you want a paperback book, if you're in the states, uh, internationally it's on Amazon. They're all in Audible in my voice, so I have recorded. So if you like this voice, you'll hear this voice. If you don't like this voice, don't buy the Audible. Um, <laughs> they're all in Kindle. También todos mis libros disponibles en español. If you want the book in Spanish, oh, yeah. they're all available in Spanish. Um, uh, but you know, I can help people with you know ideas to get through this now. Ideas on how to prepare. What can you be doing now? Because now is not a good time to be proactively selling because it feels wrong. Mm -hmm. But you can be doing things like you and I were speaking how you're still getting inquiries. So responding to those inquiries and following up, proactively reaching out, getting more reviews, updating your website. I mean, your website's still working 24-7. So make sure your website is doing what it's supposed to do. And I do all that. All my services are on my website. Uh, If you want to get my article each month like you get, it's connect with Allenberg.com. that'll mm-hmm. take you right to the registration page and you just sign yourself up you get a free article every month uh, if you go there and sign up you'll also get a link to the um, a presentation that I've done so uh, you'll you'll get uh from uh, what was it from a cater source conference so I did three presentations in cater source all the slides are available they'll it'll give you a link when you sign up so Great. all that's there so I appreciate it and again the books <clears throat> There's uh, right there. five books over there, and um, they're easy reads uh, on on audio. They're anywhere from an hour and a half to about four and a half hours, which are short books. Yeah. So um, it's uh, so- something to do. And if there's any other
0: message that you have, especially because I'm sure, I mean, you're you're somebody that I know <laughs> cares about, you know, all these small business owners. And right now, you know, the, you know, we're all going through a really really tough time. If there's yeah. a message that you have for them, you know, perhaps some. Just some op- words of optimism. I'm sure yeah. they would appreciate it. So let's <laughs> close on that.
1: So there, there's a, you c- can't see it. It's a sign up there that um, with a phrase, the knot had asked me, what's your favorite phrase? And I have it in my, it's one the title of one of my articles in my new book, but I'd rather be happy and successful than be right. <laughs> That's a philosophy that I live by mm-hmm. in my, in my personal life and in my business life um, I'd rather be happy and successful than be right. People are going to remember what you do now. They're going to judge you by what you do now. Um, my son's company has a great phrase. He actually got honored for living this, but it's, if you can't, you should always do the right thing and when in doubt, do the hard thing. And that's, that's really what, what life is about now. I'm doing what feels right. It's not bringing me in money, <laughs> yeah. but I'm doing what feels right. When friends like you say, "Hey, would you come?" because I want to add value for my friends, for my my connections, yeah. right. it feels right. You know, listen. It's nine o'clock at night. At uh, ten o'clock at night now, I, I'm not normally working at ten o'clock at night. Uh, I will be tomorrow because of Australia with the time zone, but I'll mm. be doing that. But I'm doing, I'm doing what feels right, and uh, you, you go by that. I I never follow the dollar. Mm-hmm. I've become more successful personally and financially when I don't follow the money, right? The money comes because of doing the right thing. And, you know, I, I'm happily married because I'd rather be happy and successful <laughs> than right. <clears throat> and, uh, and I will, uh, so uh, <laughs> I'll give you a quick funny story. You want a funny story? Yeah, of course. man. My wife and I were in Barcelona, Spain, and we're, buying things so she buys a a purse and it was funny because i wanted to use my spanish and everybody's talking to us in english i'm like no no i want to talk to you in spanish but everybody's speaking english to us so she's got two bags one of them has a purse and one of them has a tile have you ever been to spain i
0: have yes barcelona and southern spain
1: Okay, so in Barcelona, in Barcelona, Barcelona,
0: yeah, Barcelona, Barcelona,
1: Barcelona. On the, the street names are on the sides of the building, these beautiful ceramic tiles, remember? Mm-hmm. So it could be like nine tiles or whatever making them. And they sell these replicas, you know, so about this big. And my wife buys one of these tiles, a beautiful tile. And she, we're in a store or someplace, we're in someplace, and she puts the two bags down. She's got a purse and she's got this other bag with the tile. I am easily 10 feet away from her. She puts the bags down. The bag with the tile starts to slide mm. and see what's happening. You're not going to stop it. And it goes and hits the floor and you hear, right? You hear it break. Yeah. Her reaction is, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 10 <laughs> feet away. And I immediately run through my head because life is a game of chess, not checkers. Like, if I do this, she's going to do that if I do that. And I ran through the entire fight. And the fight was, what do you mean, what did I do? You put the bag down. I didn't put the bag down, right? I ran through that entire thing and realized that at the end of this, we're either going to go buy a new tile or we're not, right? And there's only two possibilities there. So I could go through the fight or I could go around it. And go directly by it. So, so she goes what did you do and then looks and sees where I'm standing and I just smiled and said well I saw you put the bags down and I saw the tile fall and I didn't stop it so clearly that was my fault would you like me to buy you another one
0: <laughs> that's why you're that's why you're a happy husband and she's a happy wife
1: you know? and then she smiled and she's like no, oh, no it's all right I said no no do you want me to get your we ended up we opened it up. It had broken cleanly. I said, well, I can glue it nicely. It'll look more antique or we can go get another tile. We're here. We're not going to be back here. Do you want to do that? That's but great. I, instead of going through it, right, I played the game of chess in my head and said, nah, nah, <laughs> we're gonna, no. We're going to avoid that. We're going to avoid gonna go, that, that one. Come I on. see. There's a landmine right there. <laughs> nah.
0: You, you saw that a mile ahead.
1: Now, um, a younger me didn't know that. The, the younger me is like, No, no, no. I'm going to dig my heels in, put my helmet on, and we're in this.
0: (laughs) Experience is the greatest teacher in life, my friend. It Uh, is. Well, you know, one thing that you're doing also, you're actually setting example for other small business owners because the same mentality that you're having is the fact that you're sitting at home. You can't charge anybody, but I just want to help, which I truly appreciate, and I know that everyone is watching appreciate. This is the mentality that we have to have with what we're doing, you know, and continue to be positive, continue to be of service to the community. And in and, and the hopes that, you know, when it is time to sell, that they will remember the people that are helping. I mean, this is, I mean, and, and
1: hopefully- Industry-wide as well, right? Who Industry-wide your, as your well. Friends?
0: Yeah.
1: Call them up, email them up. Hey, how you yeah. doing? Yeah. How you doing? Are you, are you guys are right, right? Because right. we don't know who's affected by this. We don't know yeah. right. who, who and their families. And we just had some friends that got better, which is great. Yeah. Because one of them had some health issues. So, you know, before this, so, you know, they they- said they were infected and then they got better. It was great. They never had to go to the hospital, yeah. but just people are going to remember. I, 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 here's the last thing I want to leave you with. Sure. People do business with people. They don't do business with companies, right? You're never yeah. doing business with a company, whether you're the customer or whether you're the, 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 the salesperson. Mm-hmm. So just remember people are going to remember how you treated them. People are going to remember how you felt about them. They're going to remember if you empathize, they're going to appreciate honesty. Um, but they're gonna appreciate empathy. And empathy is different than sympathy, right? Absolutely. We all carry a victim card. Every one of us in our pocket right now has a victim card. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody listening here has a reason to pull it out and can say, hey, but look at the crap I've been through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of us just choose to leave the card away. And some of us choose to wear them on our heads. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I love choose it, to man. find away.
1: And you know my history, you know my health history and stuff. Oh, yeah, it,
0: you're you're it, you're a true warrior, man. I, I mean. Uh, quadruple
1: pass, triple bypass triple, triple bypass, triple bypass. Yeah, man, well, I mean, when I was getting my first degree black belt, I had five stents put in. I was 42. I had 90% man. blockage in two arteries at 42. I got a victim card. I could pull it out. No, I got a black belt because after that. And then I had angioplasty at 44. I got a second degree because of that, right? Not because of that, but after that, you know. And then at 49, I had a triple bypass. Two kids in college. Yeah, that's what you want to hear, right? But it was a new lease on life.
0: Yeah, man. I mean like there's so much inspiration that comes from listening to you. I remember when he told me the story last summer at that French cafe that didn't have the gluten-free item that you wanted. Uh, and even that, I appreciate you making time in that little, little pocket of time that you had. So, um, for, for the wedding and events industry, especially Alan, I just want you to know that you are a jewel to our community. And, uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate all the hard work, all the long hours, all the traveling, um, and I wish you all the best. Wish you many, many years with your lovely wife and your business partner, and uh, hope to see you more often. Whether I, it's, hopefully I, not just virtually, but in person too. Well,
1: when I can come back down to D.C., then we'll uh, we'll, sure, we'll, we'll find a place. Look Note yourselves, it. don't go to the French Cafe if you want to anything.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your bourbon. Have a great night, my friend. Take Thank care.
1: Thank you, too.